0: The corner. Welcome to the doghouse. Your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. I'm Andy McNamara, and alongside Matt Jancic, WKYC.com sports reporter in Cleveland. We're delivered by Cleveland whiskey and folks. Perfect time, Monday night football. It's the evening kickback. Watch the Browns kick the Jets' butts in New York with some original bourbon, with some some straight Cleveland whiskey. You can put it on the rocks. You can make a cocktail. You can have the original bourbon. You can do. I tell you every week, my favorite's the Hickory Wood. The award-winning Black Cherry is awesome as well. They have a Rye, which is spectacular. Check out all the options. It's not just in Cleveland and Ohio. Cross the country. Just go to ClevelandWhiskey.com and check out uh, where you can get it near you. Cocktail recipes too. Like there are a couple of cocktail recipes I went in for summer, Matt. And I'm like, hmm, it's good. And the good thing about Cleveland Whiskey, Matt, is whether the Browns are doing good or bad, you still have a tasty drink and relax, right?
1: <laughs> I know you enjoy it every game day, whether it's good and or bad. Oh, it is uh, perfect it on a perfect celebration. There's a bunch of fields you don't know, but the one thing you can rely on is that when you tip a glass back of Cleveland whiskey, however you like it prepared,
0: you know it, brother. You're,
1: you're going to enjoy
0: it. You know it. You know, it's going to be good. And if it's not, you just did something wrong. <laughs> it's always good, baby. It is always good. Uh, and of course, follow us on Twitter at AndyMC81. Matt, at Matt Floor and our guys at Cleveland Whiskey, at Cleve Whiskey on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you get a lot of the cocktail uh, and cool tips there and find out about their open houses and whatnot, at Cleveland Whiskey. Okay, Matt, we are coming off of um, a disaster. We talked about it Monday. It was a travesty. Matt, I honestly, honestly, I, I felt like, not to the level of someone died, but like, something really bad happened inside. I had that feeling in me till about Tuesday afternoon. It took me way too long to get over. I was down and out. I think because the expectations were so high in pastures if they stink, it doesn't matter. And you expect bad things. But in this case, the expectations were so high, so it hurt extra.
1: Yeah, the team uh, got over it a little quicker than you did. Uh, they have a 24-hour <laughs> rule. Apparently, we need a 48-hour rule.
0: Oh uh, <laughs> man!
1: But uh, I, I, I was ready to move on to the next game at about I don't know about 3:45 on Sunday. <sighs> I was just ready to put that behind me because it was it was awful on a multitude of levels. The amount of undisciplined plays that I, I saw that day. I mean, Miles Garrett is like the most mild-mannered human being you will ever run across. He, lo- he writes poetry. He's very intelligent, intellectual. I have, I would never have expected him to hit somebody in the face back. That's bizarre. Like he's just not that guy. But Mike Vrabel's team was very good at getting under the skin of mm-hmm. the Browns. Now here's the problem: Greg Williams is also very good at being a master psychologist. Right. They have to hold their composure this time around. They know what happens when you don't.
0: Right. Now they do. Uh, and Matt, what do you make of Odell Beckham Jr.'s comments, which really came out of an instant question, and he just offered this up, saying, accusing, essentially, uh, not essentially, actually, Greg Williams, of targeting him when he was in the year one with the Browns, when the Giants played the Browns in that exhibition game. We remember Brian Body Calhoun's hit and that awkward bend of Beckham's leg in the preseason game that really threw off his whole year and it resulted in like a broken ankle and all that. Um, he came right out and said that really there was some form of bounty gate going on with Greg Williams. Adam Gates, the head coach of the Jets, has since denied that, of course, but, well, that's a pretty bold accusation.
1: Sure. Did Greg this afternoon? Uh, oh, he, uh, I knew
0: that.
1: He was asked about it. And he said, "Oh, what? Uh, what do you think of this?" And he said, "Odell, who?" Really? <laughs> and then he's like, "That was a joke." But he's like, "We don't, we don't teach that. We never taught it, no matter where I've been. We've never done that. This, that, and the third. We you know that there's something going on in New Orleans. What it was and how much he was in charge of it, we'll never know because the NFL." Keeps those investigations private. They only let the the punishments be known. But yeah, Greg categorically denied Odell's claim that he takes he coaches his players to take cheap shots. But I think the most telling thing in this he, sh- he said and she said um, is that Marius Randall's response when asked, "What's it going to be like to face Greg Williams?" Paused for a few moments, looked the reporter cold in the eye, and said, Next question. Wow. So the next question was a follow up about Greg and what kind of coach or you know, coach he is. And he's like, I'm preparing to play the Jets offense, not the defense. And that was it. Wow. Like he was done with the Greg Williams thing. And I think that is very thinking that. Despite the fact that this team went 5-3 and three under Greg as the interim coach, and to me it seemed like they were playing more for each other hmm. and maybe some of the other coaches than they were playing for Greg Wood.
0: Which is fascinating. Now,
1: Greg took the credit because they were playing well yep. under him yep. and could have finished 6-2. and two, But I really think that the players believe that Greg tried to take too much of the credit and they're the ones that had to do all the work.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. On uh, Twitch.tv, which you guys can uh, watch along with as well, Twitch.tv slash live at Ricky Hack says, Greg Williams is a goof. I, and and he, he portrays that when he was here, and, you know, the, the Mr. Come Get Some. And then his personality sort of tamed a little bit when he became head coach. And that, what I find interesting, I thought he was you know, going to be more well-liked than Hugh Jackson, and maybe he is, but maybe that wasn't enough. But it seems like this team, especially with Baker Mayfield and guys like Demarius Randall, want, they want a real person. Freddie Kitchen's attitude never changed from when he was the running back coach to the OC to the head coach. Greg Williams did change. Now, some might say change for the better, but maybe it came off as not really authentic because the, the words of, of, of anger towards him uh, quite frankly surprised me. I didn't expect that.
1: Yeah, I didn't see that coming either. Um, I, I thought there might be a couple of guys here and there, but outside of Nick Chubb, who said I'm looking forward to playing against him, he's a tremendous coach, I played for him again last year. Nobody has said really much positive about Greg Williams. Not Baker, not Demarius Randall, yeah. not some other guys that spoke to me. I mean, it's been pretty tight. Lift around there, and what they have said has stoked the fires a little bit. But let's be honest Greg Williams does not need any help in the motivation department for anything that he does in life. No, he is probably one of the
0: most,
1: uh, it's almost to an annoying level how energetic he can be, (laughs) and he tries to get the absolute best out of his players. And he's able to do that, but there are some times where even they're like, okay, just go away. Just like Miles Garrett said earlier this year, I was only allowed to have two moves under Greg. Now I'm allowed to diversify my portfolio. Which includes if you face to masks. To have sex, just. It's really damn scary what you can do when you have a full complement of tools in the toolbox.
0: Right. Right. Well, and, and the thing is, we have to. We were expecting to see that in game one against the Titans. And what we got was uh, 18 penalties and quite honestly, a defensive front four that, that pooped the bed Matt. because I was expecting without a left tackle with a replacement right guard, a feast on Marcus Mariota. And we saw anything, but maybe they were buying their own hype. The penalties were insane. What do you expect to see out of that standpoint, Matt? Because it, like, it seems like you could go two ways with it. Like, it was so bad, there's no way they could actually be that ridiculous all the time. But at the other point, you could say, well, if they were that undisciplined, how much really can you expect it to drop into game two? Like, there's, there, I, I don't know. That's what makes me nervous. I don't want them to beat themselves again.
1: They have to be a show not tell mode. They yeah. can say all they want about learning from their mistakes and needing to play with discipline. Now they have to go do it. Don't show me what or don't tell me what you're gonna do. Show me what you're gonna do. Right. Because you can say all you want during the week, but in those sixty minutes, if you lose your stuff, you're it's a whole different ballgame. You're you're penalizing the team.
0: Well yeah, and, and they now you can't
1: have that. No and get away with it. They're not good they're not good. Talent-wise, on paper, they're great. They ain't that great that they can overcome 18
0: penalties. Nobody. It was two football fields. You know what? I, 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 can't even, I can't even talk about that stupid game anymore. Let's, let's, let's dig the hole, bury the proverbial <laughs> football. Can like
1: just move on from that? I know. To
0: Done. To put Done. Done. <laughs> Done. It's over. It's over. So now we're looking Monday night. Now the Browns get what looks to be and should be a big break. Sam Darnold out with Mono. Mononucleosis for Sam Darnold. He's going to be gone multiple weeks. They go to back up Trevor Simeon, and Matt, as below average and ordinary as he is, correct me if I'm wrong, but that dude has a winning record in the NFL, doesn't he? Isn't he like
1: 13 and 11? 13. 13 and 11. And
0: right. Your career starts. So, you know. he an
1: 8-6 season for Denver a couple years ago.
0: Yeah. So the thing is here, with Trevor Simeon, the formula, of course, is to let your defense win the game and Trevor Simeon, not to make a mistake. It's not going to be an exciting offensive game for the New York Jets. They're going to try to do what the Titans did. That is limit you on offense. Make sure you don't get up early and then try to ground and pound you with Le'Veon Bell, who it sounds like the MRI in his shoulder came back, uh, fine. So he'll play and try to beat you and ground and pound it. And that worked against the Browns because of the penalties. So that's where I'm concerned again. This isn't. If it was Nathan Peterman, I'd be chalking up the W right now and popping some Cleveland whiskey. Um, but Trevor Simeon, although I'm very confident the Browns can still win, I don't think if if the well if the Jets do their, that formula that I just described, they got a real shot. Oh,
1: there's no question. They they have a great chance to win this game because they have the element of surprise. And Trevor Simeon hasn't played quarterback in, since 2017. He up all year didn't play a single game in minnesota and then this year he was the backup to dan darnold so he didn't Mm -hmm. get any first team rest they actually have a distinct advantage because they have the ability to do
0: whatever they want and the browns not know what's coming yeah well and as well matt similar situation to with the titans nobody expected the titans to win they're going in loosey-goosey Right? There go. Nobody expects the Jets to win. The Vegas yes. line uh, they popped up. up. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the, the the Vegas line popped up from 3.5 to 6.5 for the Browns because of the quarterback change. So, they're going to be playing loose. Now, they are they should be shorthanded. I think C.J. Mosley as well, which uh, is just as big on the defensive side. That guy's a beast at linebacker uh, when he was with Baltimore. So, if they're without him, and if they're banged up, there might be some real strike opportunity. So, yeah, but the, the Browns, Matt, I think with that loss last week, I don't feel that there should be any risk of that team going in and thinking that they've won the game beforehand because they just experienced how it could go south the other way.
1: Yeah, they if they walk in thinking that they're going to win this game, go away, they roll the ball out there, and they're going to win it, they're going to repeat every mistake they made against the Titans, and it's going to be a long Monday night. Yeah. If they play with a different mindset and know that their talent level is beyond what they showed in Week 1 and they're committed to change, they'll be fine. And that's kind of where we're at with it. What We don't know what to expect and what Brown team, Browns team are going to get. You don't yeah. think Greg Williams is going to be amped up for this game and he's going to have guys getting under the skin of some of the offensive linemen and some of the skill position players you're fooling yourself because Greg is a master psychologist. Above all else, he really understands
0: the psychology of the game. Oh, yeah. And he is. And big thanks to at Regan's underscore for, uh, for the subscribe, for the sub on um, twitch.tv slash Andy Mac Live. Free to subscribe with your Amazon Prime subscription. So thank you very much. Regan's underscore. Appreciate you. And uh, that's coming from Cinnamon and Regan. So thank you very much. Um, Matt, I think you got to look at Nick Chubb being the driver of this offense for the Browns because they got away from it. And I didn't understand the narrative of, well, why didn't you run him more? It's because you were like one in 25 all the time. You couldn't run the ball. The, be- <coughs> the penalties took the run out of the game plan. So I think you got to feature Nick Chubb early and often and really try to, to wear that thinning defense out of the Jets too.
1: Yeah, I agree with all that you just said about why they couldn't run in the first half. But, again, you play more disciplined, and then you don't have to get out of your game plan. And maybe that's why we saw a very rusty team, because they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And you don't practice first and 25.
0: Yeah, no,
1: no. You probably should now, yeah. but you don't.
0: But you don't.
1: Um, Nick, Nick Chubb has the ability to take over a game and really wrecked the day of opposing defensive coordinators. He's a guy that's going to hammer out those three, four-yard carries, maybe Mm -hmm. five, six times in a row, and then bam, he's going to hit you for 15. Or he's going to hit you for 20. Yeah. Then he's going to go back to chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, bam, big play. He is really, really talented with the ball in his hands. And he's becoming a much better passer or a pass receiver out of the backfield. Yeah. Nick Chubb is about as fleet of back as we've had.
0: Oh, since who?
1: Really in recent memory, to me anyway, I can't think of a guy who was able to do both effectively in a very, very long time. Yeah. I mean, we might be back to the original bounce. And the back in Biner days, Right, so like with Duke Johnson, he had a guy who could catch the ball,
0: Catching that but it. he
1: couldn't run between the tackles. You, you had Carlos Hyde, who could run between the tackles, but he couldn't play in space because he wasn't the fleetest of foot. He was a big bruiser of a of a tailback. Hillis, much the same way, a big strong guy, but just not as adept at catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, maybe Ruben drones, but outside of that, I mean, Nick Tilt is really the guy that we've seen in the last 15 years that can catch the ball out of the backfield when called upon to do so and have a very meaningful impact running the ball out of the backfield. I think you're right.
0: I think you're absolutely right. Uh, You're listening to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns, Andy McNamara alongside Matt Fleurjancic, brought to you by Cleveland Whiskey. Got a Twitch question here from twitch.tv slash Live. From Ricky Hack saying, What can we expect from Jarvis Landry and Nick Chubb this week? We just went over Chubb. What about Jarvis Landry, Matt? Because we know the possession guy, he's knocked down a little bit to uh, that, that more comfortable secondary receiver role with OBJ. Um, what, what should you expect out of, out of Landry when it comes to uh, impacting the offense?
1: I think with Jarvis, you can expect a lot of different things, not just him catching passes. I think they're going to look to get him the ball in unconventional ways because they know he has the skills to move it down the field. And I heard uh, somebody describe him the other day, and I think it was Freddie Kitchens, described Jarvis Landry as being the definition of a football player. Hmm. And I don't know that truer words have been spoken about this team since Freddie took over. Yeah. I really, truly believe that Jarvis Landry is the example that you want to hold up to guys of this is what a pro looks like, and this is what a pro does. Yeah. This is how he goes about his business.
0: That's the business. Whatever
1: they're called him to do, he figures out a way. Last oh. year, we saw he could throw 60-yard passes. He <laughs> could make a 51-yard cut He can make a 51-yard pass with simple coverage down the line. He... And, and now he's he goes up to the special teams coordinator and says, hey, if you need me on returns, I'm here. Like, go ahead and use me. Like, what starting receiver in the NFL does that? I can't think of too many off the top of my head that would be willing to put their their bodies on the line like that. But no! So
0: With the Diva Arrowhead. He's, era a, we're
1: he's in. a guy who's a football player that wants to go out there and do anything he can to help his team
0: win. Yep. 100%. And on twitch.tv slash Beef Corn one says, should I buy a Baker jersey this week? And Matt, I replied, it's always time to buy a Baker jersey, baby. It's always time. Listen, we know Baker Mayfield, Matt. He thrives off of being the underdog, thrives off of a chip on his shoulder. Well, you know what, man? The world's been dumping on him. He said in the post-game press conference, people want to throw us in the trash. What are you feeling out of, out of Baker Mayfield? I'm I'm getting that, that feeling that we could be in for a special night because uh, an ex- he's always motivated, but an extra motivated and pissed off Baker could be really interesting.
1: He's saying all the right things, and by all accounts, he's done all the right things in practice. The Browns expect a bounce-back performance from him. He did not have a good day at the office it's against the Titans. He knows that. We've seen him bounce back from slow starts before. Uh, against the Houston Texans. He threw three first-half interceptions, and then in the second half went 24 of 30, right. 351 yards, and a touchdown. We saw it in the regular season finale, too. If you remember, uh, Baltimore was had that game one hand. It was 21-7, and they looked like they were going to I mean, it was going to be a long day for the Browns. Baker came out in the second half, but two touchdown drives, three scoring drives and got the Browns into a position where they were driving for the potential game-winning score. So he has that bounce-back ability, and I wouldn't expect anything less out of him.
0: The question here, Matt, is, and we'll, leave, we'll get our game prediction after this note and get on out of here. The question is, Baker can do it. He will do it if he has time to do it. How is that offensive line looking shaping up for this week? Greg Robinson will not be suspended. He'll play. Uh, but they're still very thin. How how is this offensive line going to look come Monday?
1: I think The interior will be fine. The tackle spots are a concern. If they, if those two guys, Chris Hubbard and Greg Robinson, can a stay on the field in Greg's case, and b don't kick anybody, can get in front of a, a pass rusher in both of their cases. Um, then the the Browns have a legit shot. But if they can't protect Baker, it it really doesn't matter what else happens because if your quarterback's playing from the seat of his pants, you're not winning the game.
0: No. So who's at right guard? Is it Cush?
1: As of right now, yeah.
0: Yeah? Okay. Okay. And I bet you you the Browns dress uh, a couple extra offensive linemen this week, unlike last week, (laughs) just in case.
1: You know, they said no Really? initially, but I, I'm not so sure that Wyatt Teller won't be active. I don't know that Corbett will be, but I, I, I would be surprised if Teller won't.
0: Well, yeah, you need a bit of a safety net. Okay, Matt, let's get prediction time here, guy. Okay, it's go time Our Cleveland Whiskey prediction for Monday Night Football. Browns at Jets, honoring the first Monday Night Football game back in 1970, of course, versus the Jets last year. That's where Baker Mayfield came on and changed the Browns forever. What is your score prediction, sir? 17-14 for the good guys. 17-14 for the good guys. All right, you know what I'm going to say? 24-10 Browns. I think they learned from their mistakes. Now, I
1: said that last week, Pat. I was dead wrong, so I wasn't going anywhere near that one.
0: <laughs> well, is that your score last week you gave?
1: That that was my score. Oh, yeah.
0: you know what? You know what? 13 Tw- thirteen. I'm changing it. I don't want. I don't want that score then. 24-13. Yes. There no, we go.
1: Twenty-four,
0: <laughs> thirteen. Like it'll be something like, you know, Le'Veon Bell runs one in, and then some field goals or something like that. But. I think they learn, and they make it, and they're one and one, and then I march into Cleveland on the white horse and I'm going to feel the love of a positive Browns city, and, and, and Cleveland's going to be rocking when I'm down there next week, buddy. It's Cleveland, It's going to be Cleveland week next week. Coming down.
1: Yeah, it comes, it comes faster every year yeah. because we look forward to it more and more every year, and now you we got a real reason to be out the bit to think about this team, and hopefully they pull it off on Monday, and we're having a conversation Tuesday afternoon. It's all positive, and everything's full steam ahead. But That's we, right. We'll find out. We'll find out in That's right.
0: That's right, brother. That's right. Okay, Matt. Uh, good stuff. You gonna have some great stories up at WKYC.com sports on Twitter, at Matt Jancic, Instagram at Matt flow Sports. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon i good, Andy. going to your show. All right, you too, brother. There you go, Matt Fleur-Jancic from WKYC. I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to the Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns.